Hey, it still gets the job done. It's, st it's still right. It's still, it's still good. I'm, I'm glad for the mercy and grace of God. I just, I, I, cannot, I cannot comprehend how good he's been. I just, I, I, it'll take all of eternity to thank him. Hallelujah. Before we get started, I want to pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, Lord God. God, I ask you, would you help me, Lord, just to stay hidden behind the cross, Lord God, and ask you, would you would be lifted up, Lord God, you would be glorified, Lord. Let the word of God find good ground of our hearts, Lord God. Let it go forth with liberty, Lord, and power, Lord. Help us, Lord, not, don't, let, don't let anybody see me, Lord. Let, let's see Christ, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't want to, don't want to belabor you any bit long because I'm... I've, I've been known to take a page and run for about 50 minutes to an hour, and I've got two pages tonight. Hallelujah. So I'm not going to belabor you any. There, there's, a, there's, there's something I want to get to with this message right here. I, I, I've been, been thinking on this pretty much since I've been saved, and I, I, I've been wanting to look at this. I've been wanting to study this out, and I've, I just came to, you know, the Lord's allowed me to preach tonight, so this is what I'm going to preach on. I want you all to first come with me to Romans chapter number 12. You may have heard some preachers who've, who's been in the Word for a little while talk about there's crowns and rewards that you can earn as a Christian. I, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it, it's a good thing to be saved. Amen. But I'm telling you, you can get rewards for what you do down here. And I'm, tell, I'm telling you, the rewards you can get up there, that treasure that you place up there, is worth more than anything this world could ever give you. Now, we're going to start in Romans chapter number 12. If you want to go ahead and grab 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, that's where we're going next. But Romans chapter number 12, verse number 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. So this isn't the, the message for tonight, but it's basically saying if you're lifting up yourself in pride, you're not thinking like a sober man. That's something worth preaching. Somebody ought to take that and run with it right there. But to think soberly, according as, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are of one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. And we, we see here in Romans chapter number 12, the service and life that we're called into, I want to draw your attention to verse number 6. You, you, we, say, we say often, like we, we, and us men, we get it in our heads often, we've made our own self, we've made our own life, and, and we're, we're men, we're strong enough, we can do it. Verse 6, having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us. We're not doing this in our power. And if we are, we're going to make a royal mess. This right here, you have, and I'm, I'm telling you this right now, me and Chase didn't talk. 
If y'all were in Sunday school, you know he talked in, he taught in 1 Corinthians 12. We didn't talk, but this, this thing right here is that the grace of God has to be apparent in what we do for Christ. We can't do this in our own ability. Yes, we ought to study the scriptures. Yes, we ought to pray. But everything we do is simply by the grace of God. I'm, I'm telling you, it takes grace to save us, and it takes grace to help us get down that road. It takes us grace to get up here and preach. It takes us grace to get up here and sing. It takes us grace here to, to keep the church going. It is the grace of God that we are all marching on. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. I want to draw your attention to this because it's going to, it's going to be important later. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Verse number five, keeping in mind that grace is the key here, who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now watch this, he's gonna say it again. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every one, every man, shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According, here it is again, to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12, now if any man build upon this foundation. Now this is, this is, this is where this comes into play. Where, where we're going to have a reward when this life is over. Now if any man build upon this foundation... What is that? Jesus Christ. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work. We're not saved by them. We're saved to them. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now this is verse 14, if any man's work abide where he built up thereupon, he shall receive reward. This is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. And you see this in 2 Corinthians and Romans 14. You see this, the judgment seat of Christ is where we are headed. When we finish this life and, and God wraps up everything down here, we're going to stand before Christ. Now, we're not going to stand before Christ in a way where we're going to be judged for our sins and our salvation removed and everything like that. We're going to be judged for our reward. We're going to stand before Jesus Christ, and it's not going to be you're going to turn to the side and say, well, that guy made me not do this, or this person influenced me this way. It's going to be you and Jesus. That's it. You and Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. Now, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this right now. I can't wait to see it. I cannot wait as, as we sing songs about falling at his feet and, and worshiping him and glorifying him. I can't wait for that day. But this day, everything that I have done for God, 
From the moment I got saved, every sermon I have preached, every prayer I have prayed, every gospel tract I've given out, everything I have done for God, Jesus is going to judge me on that. You say, well, Jesus is going to judge you. Yes, he is. Of what sort it is? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I preach that? Did I do that for his glory? Did I do that for my glory? My glory, let's just put it this way. If I do it for myself, selfishly, fire. It's just going to burn it up. You know what kind of thoughts I should put in your mind? I can do something for God with a selfish motive, and no matter how big it is, how small it is, whatever it may be, you and Jesus, one-on-one, you'll watch that whole thing burn down. But here's the good thing, and we're going to get into the good thing. You can take that same thing you do for God and do it for his glory, and you can watch him give you rewards. Come with me first to James chapter number one. I'm, I'm going to go through these as quick as I can. I've got somewhere I want, I want to get to, and I'm, t- I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it when I get there. James chapter number one. There are five crowns that are specifically mentioned in Scripture that we can get as a reward. These five crowns are, are, are given most likely at that judgment seat. James 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The crown of life. It's, 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 and I'm telling you, it's, it, I don't, I, it's the false humility to simply say, you know what, I just want to be there. I just want to get to heaven. If I've got a cabin on the side of the hills in heaven, that's good enough for me. I'm saying I want these rewards. I, I believe you should earnestly desire and you should covet these rewards. The crown of life. This crown is given to those who endure trials and temptations. It's mentioned again in Revelation chapter number 2. That church that though they were poor, he says, but thou art rich. And all these things were coming against them. When you endure that temptation, when you endure that affliction, you will be given a crown of life. James 5.11 says, behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Friend, when that trial comes your way, here's what you need to get, uh, when it, here's what you need to have in your head. I'm going to go through this with God. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up on him. This is not the end. This is not, this is not what all this is about. I'm not going to give up on God. Too many times we get in a little storm We hear the thunder roll, we see the lightning flash, and we see all the destruction that's headed our way, and we give up. And if we give up, friend, I'm telling you, we aren't going to have this reward. When temptations come, when trials come, and you march on with God saying, I don't know what it's going to cost me, I don't know what it's going to do to me, I don't know what suffering I'm going to have to go through, but I'm going to do it for God. One day, you will see him lay a crown of life on your head. 1 Peter 1, 7, that trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Friend, those trials that you go through, and friend, I know it don't feel good, and I know it. it I know you don't ask for it, and you don't want it, and I'm telling you, sometimes you don't understand it. Friend, it is more precious than gold. 
I'm not, I'm not saying go to God tonight and say, well, Lord, you know what? That preacher said at, at the trials are more precious than gold. Pour it on me. I'm, tell, I'm telling you this right here. When a trial does come, cling to God. Hallelujah. I'm moving a little faster than usual. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. So we have, we have a crown, the crown of life. Let's throw another crown in here. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I'm, I'm telling you, I want, I want to draw this out first. Preachers, did you know that everything you do for God, every sermon you preach could be cast aside and be counted as nothing? You want to know how that happens? You take this Bible, and one, one day you say simply, I'm not doing it anymore, and you close it. That right there makes yourself a castaway. Or, you, or you, there's another thing that can happen to you. One day you're just going on for God and you're going on for God and you're going on for God and you hear the ringing of sin calling your name. You hear Egypt calling your name. And next thing you know, you're not serving God anymore. You're in Egypt. And friend, I'm telling you, you can give up all the rewards that you have by simply becoming a castaway. Paul said here, I keep my body in subjection lest I should become a castaway. Friend, I want to tell you how serious this is. Right here, you can throw away a life for God by just giving up. I'm, I'm telling you something, friend. I'm, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm being mean or everything like this, but we need a backbone in these days. I'm telling you right now, the devil, the world, the flesh, and the devil are against us on every side, and we need to stand. I'm telling you, it's, it, it's not time to just say, oh, you know, it's just too hard. It's just too hard to do it. No, friend, I'm telling you, it is not too hard. I'm telling you, I remember one of the first martyrs outside of Stephen that was recorded around 88 AD. He was an old man. I'm trying to remember his name. I believe his name started with a P, but I just don't remember. Polycarp, that's it. Polycarp, it is recorded that when he was captured after he was carried around all these churches trying to keep them away from the persecuted, he was captured, put in the Colosseum before the lions. An 80-year-old man said this, I thank thee, God, that thou counted me worthy to be part of the martyrs. An 80-year-old man, right at, about to be torn limb from limb by, lamb, by lions, I thank you, Lord. I'm telling you something, friend, there is nothing new on this earth. I know there's a bunch of wackadoos and everything like that, but friend, I'm telling you, we can go on. This incorruptible crown is put in that picture of like renting the rewards for a race. I don't watch the Olympics anymore or any sport for pretty much that part because, I mean, they've all gone about halfway off the, the deep end. But in the Olympics, you go to an event and the top three get a prize. They get a gold medal, a silver medal, and a bronze medal. You know, one of those days, those things are going to be just gone. 
You know, that gold is eventually going to tarnish. It's eventually going to give way. It's because it's a corruptible crown. But we can earn an incorruptible crown. This is a picture of, of keeping your flesh under control by any means and not allowing its will to override God's will. And I read this in a book, and I read this in my study Bible the other day, and it is the perfect, perfect picture for this. Simply put, making the body a slave to the soul and not the soul a slave to the body. How, when, when we step outside, it's because our body said, you know what, I don't want what God said. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way. And our body brings our soul into slavery. And we go and we do that thing, whatever it may be, and we come right back to God and apologize for it. What we need to do is when that temptation comes, say, you know what, I don't care what my flesh wants. I don't care what my flesh desires. I'm going to go with God. And I'm going to make my body a slave of my soul instead of my body making my soul its slave. Romans 8 verse 11 says, through 13 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And I'm telling you something, friend, we have a crown that we can win by simply taking temptation and saying, I'm not yielding to you, I'm yielding to God. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. There might be people here that are in Sunday school class and be like, hey, Brother Troy, why can't you go this quick in Sunday school? <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter number four. This, this, is a, this is a sweet crown right here. Not as in the modern terms. This, this, is, this is a blessing right here. Second Timothy chapter number four, verse number eight. At, at verse number seven. Let's just go ahead and say this just because it's good to say. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only. So here, it's open to anybody. But unto all them also that love his appearing. I'm telling you, we're talking about a little more than just a second coming. This crown is for those who aren't just waiting for the second coming, but anticipating the day we get to see the Lord. I'm, I'm telling you something, friend. I'm, I am ready to get out of here. I want to see my kids saved first. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm ready to see God. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't want to see where the next step of the madness out there goes. I don't want to see it. I mean, I got an idea. I know what's probably about to come down the road if, that, if we don't get out of here. But I don't want to see it. I want to see Christ. But it's more than just getting raptured out of here. Romans 8, 23 says this, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Is it more than just getting out of here? Do you, can you not wait to see our Savior? I'm telling you something, friend. I can't wait to fall at his feet. I can't wait to see that throne. 
I can't wait to hear the song. I can't wait to praise him like I want to down here. I can't wait to just lay before him and cry and weep and, and just thank him for years upon years upon years and just, and just worship my Lord. I'm telling you, there's something about seeing him that gets me stirred up. Because you know what? He, he's more than just the one who saved me from hell. He gave me the life I enjoy now. And friend, I can't wait to see him. My question to you, Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Is it a blessed hope? Are we more invested down here than we are up there? I'm, I'm telling you, if God was to come back right now, and take us on out of here. Would there be something down here that you would have wanted to see more than seeing him? Is it a glorious appearing? Is it, I'm waiting to see God. I cannot wait to see him. I cannot wait to lay my eyes upon him and fall at his feet. Or is it, yeah, one day we're getting out of here. Friend, I'm telling you, one day we're going to see the king. One day we're going to see the Lord. One day we're going to see him upon that throne. I'm, I'm telling you, some of the, some of the most blessed times where I have thought about going to heaven came from some of the darkest hours. I don't have notes on this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Back in 2020, I'll know what happened. I remember for like the first few weeks, all through November, me and Jen would lay down in bed and one of the kids would come in there, usually be Cohen. And you know what he would ask to read? Because I mean, I, we would read at the table. We'd, we, I'd open the Bible, I'd read a verse or two, and then I'd talk a little bit about it before we'd eat. It, it would be darkest night. I, he, he would say, can you read a verse about heaven? And I remember I, just, I was just laying there, just really, really wanting to be there. I'd just pick up my phone, I'd just go to Revelation 5. And I'd read about that throne. I'd go to Revelation 22 and I'd read about that city. I'd go to Revelation 21 about how, how there's, there's nothing wicked there, nothing ungodly there. I would just go to those verses and I would just read about heaven. And you know what? It made me want to be there a little bit more. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter number 5. Preachers, pay attention right here. 1 Peter chapter number 5. I'm on my last page. Can y'all believe that? 1 Peter chapter number 5. All the Sunday school class said, yeah, but you brought in 12 pages last Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter number 5 verse 1 says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. For those who stand and teach people and, and preach the word of God unto the flock of God. A lot of people like to call this the pastor's crown, but I'm telling you something, friend, more, it's, it's oftentimes more seen as like, what do you minister unto the flock of God? 
Like I said, this message right here, I'm, I'm going to give a full account for before Jesus Christ. What did I preach this for? Was it my glory for his? This crown is given to those who shepherd the flock of God in an unselfish way and are true examples to the other believers. If I stand before you and I, and I, I, I teach you and I, I show you things and I, 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 I give you the word of God, not for reasons of, of making money or making a name for myself, and I, I give you an example like you say, like you see in one place, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. One day I hope, I hope somebody can look at me and say, you know what, I can follow him. He's following Jesus. I can follow him. And you know what, if I follow him, I'm sure I'll be okay. And one, one day I hope I'm that much of an example that somebody can look at me and say, you know what, I see his life. I see how he walks. I see how he hasn't quit. I see how he lives right. I'm telling you, that's my desire. I desire to be an example 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In 1 Thessalonians 2.10 it says, Ye are witnesses and God also. He's somebody saying, You know what? Not only did you see it, but God also. How holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. How do you carry yourself around the church? Simply put, is, are you here just for a social club or are you here because God has commanded us to assemble and we need to hear from God? Are we here for our reasons or for his? One more crown. 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians 2. First Thessalonians 2 verse 19 says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. And Philippians 4 1, he says it again, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. This right here is a crown for going and winning people to Jesus. Paul is writing to this church because he came to them one day and he said, hey, you know, you know what? Jesus Christ died for your sins. And a bunch of them believed. And next thing you know, they started a church. And he writes them again because some doctrinal errors had tried to creep in. And he simply said, hey, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? It's you. This crown is forgiven to those who go and win others to Christ. John 4, 35 and 36. I love these verses right here. Say not ye, they are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now, we, we often stop there, but listen to this next verse. And he that reapeth, we're going to look out on that harvest, and it's white, it's ready to harvest. And he that reapeth, he that goes, receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. What are you doing to reach somebody for God? 
I, I'm, I'm telling you something, friend. I, I, have, I try to make it a habit to carry gospel tracts with me. You never know when you may hand one to somebody and you know, they, they may not even look at it when they hand it to you. They may just go two, three weeks, two years down the road and next thing you know, they're looking through something they've got and they've got this old gospel tract that says, Are You Saved? And you know what? They've been hearing another friend of theirs saying, hey, you need to come to church. It's getting really bad. You need to come to church. You need to get right with God. You need to get saved. And next thing you know, they got this track here that says, are you saved? They open that track up and they read about, oh man, if I don't get saved, I'm dying going to hell. Oh man, I'm going to burn forever. I'm gonna, this is going to happen to me. But if I get saved, I get to spend eternity with Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And it says, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And they say, you mean somebody loved me enough to go to a cross and die for my sins? And they look, look over that and it, it brings them under conviction. And next thing you know, they come by and their friend says, let's go to church. All right, I'm ready to go to church. They get saved. You get rewards for that. You say, well, Brother Troy, all I gave them was a gospel tract. He that reapeth and soweth have rewards. Now, why am I preaching on this? I've got one more point. We often, like I said, this is all by grace. Everything we do is by grace. And I said at the beginning of this message, I said, this, these are going to matter when we get to heaven and we get into the time of eternity. Revelation 19, verse 11 says this, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he will judge and make war. Jesus is coming back. He's on horse. He's got armies behind him. But his eyes were, were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. Now, only royalty wears crowns. When you, when you look at a nation, you don't see the peasants running around with gold crowns on. Like You, you look, at, look at history and everything like that. The peasants had, wore rough clothes and they were working in the field. But you went to that castle over on the horizon and you went into that throne room and you saw some people on there that had crowns on their head. Well, Jesus, we know he's king of kings. But wait a minute. King of kings? Revelation 1, 5, and 6 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 6, And hath made us, those who are washed in the blood, kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, you don't find much people writing about where you got these crowns from. So you might, I'll borrow a little bit of Troyology right here. Hallelujah. I could probably trademark that word right there. If he is coming back, and he is a king of kings, and he has many crowns on his head, who is he leading? That can only be us. If we are kings and priests unto God, we're coming back one day. And friend, let me tell you something. When we come back, we're going to watch everything that ever oppressed us on this earth get destroyed. 
I'm I'm telling you, all this garbage that's going on out here, all this wickedness going on out here, all the oppression that's going on out here, we're going to watch the king of kings just open his mouth and it's gone. Just destroyed completely. But these crowns that are on his head, where did he get them from? I believe I know. One day when we get there before him on the judgment seat, in order to be crowned, You have to be kneeling in front of the one who is crowning you. Could you imagine Jesus is talking to you one-on-one and judging every every work you've ever done? And he says, okay, here's your rewards. And he reaches out those nail-pierced hands, places a crown on your head. And let's say you, you got all five. He reached out, puts five crowns. Why do you think we're going to be casting those crowns at his feet? When you see those nail-pierced hands heading straight for you with a crown, and it's all by the grace of God, I, I personally believe this. Before we go back and Jesus settles this score, there's gonna come a time where we're gonna take the crowns that he put on our head and we're gonna put it on his. He's gonna, we're gonna go. Could you imagine? Jonathan, just think about this. You can do so good at your Christian life and work for God that he gives you crowns. And Jesus is about to come out of heaven and come down to this earth and put the beast, the false prophet, and the antichrist, and Satan himself under. And, you, and you've got these crowns that are upon your head. And before you go, you just say simply this, Jesus, it was all by grace. Wear my crowns. Could you imagine crowning Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords that day before he comes back to settle the score on this earth? I'm telling you, it'll matter that day what we did with this life. It'll matter how we did this. It'll matter what we did for God. It'll matter because I'm telling you something, friend, I want a crown to throw at his feet. But more than that, if God allows me, I want to be able to put a crown upon his head before he comes to this earth and wipes out everything that is wicked and me just be back there saying, you know what? This is pretty awesome. All he's got to do is open his mouth and boom, they're gone. But if you look right over there, on that, on, right about there, about that layer right there, that's my crown. Could you imagine this one day? You'd be behind Jesus on that horse. We're going to go take, we're going to whoop the devil. Hallelujah. You ought to get excited about whooping the devil. I'm telling you, we're about to go back there. He's about to whoop that devil. And you're you're on the horse next to me, and that's a dangerous, going to be a dangerous place to be. And I'm going to be over there saying, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, glory to God. We're about to go whoop that devil. And then then, then David's going to be sitting next to me saying, hey, you see that one right about there on on his head right there? That's my crown. That's my crown. And friend, I can't t- I'm telling you something, friend, I cannot wait for the day when I see Jesus Christ and I can cast those crowns at his feet. But if I quit and I give up on God, you know what? You know, you know why, why I believe this is so important to say right here? If I quit and I give up on God, here's what I'm probably going to lose. Every one of those crowns. What about those two that are sitting over there? You know what? As much as I want those crowns, I want to see them go to heaven. But here's the thing. If I quit, I give up. I ain't going to have any rewards to lay at his feet. 
You're, you're going to look at me one day and say, yeah, you know what? He preached hard. He preached right. He had that old worn out blue Bible. But one day a temptation came and he decided, you know what? I'm going with Satan instead of God. And you know what? You're going to watch me become a castaway. I'll go to heaven. Because you know what? I am saved. I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm, I am so saved I can't ever be unsaved. I am so saved. Hallelujah. By the grace of God. And you know what? We walk around in heaven saying we're about to go take out the devil and I'm just going to be like, I don't have anything to put on his head. It don't matter that day. Hallelujah. Praise you, that's all. Follow God.